Welcome back to the Scared Stiff Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and this is my co-host, Jason Voorhees, once again. How are you doing, my friend? You're not my mom. I'll kill you, bitch. It's time to talk about a good one. <sighs> yeah, we're talking about Friday the 13th, part two today. This movie fucks, dude. This is going to be the first full video for our series for Friday. We're going to cover for full video... Two, four, six, and seven. Those are our favorites. We universally love those four. The ones we're gonna do short videos for, not full lengths, but just kind of like highlights and lowlights, is one, three, five, and eight. Yeah. So basically, we're gonna make it so that we cover the entire Paramount Eight. Yeah, because we we were gonna watch them anyways. Might as well just do all of it. Just yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna watch more. I'm probably gonna watch past that, but. I watched the, the other the ones literally within three months ago, four months ago. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to rewatch Jason Goes to Hell. I'm probably gonna skip that because I watched it semi recently. Yeah, I mean, you watched I'll, it I'll a go little after I, I did. I watched it in Halloween or, or like Halloween time because that's when I got the set. I, that's the first one I watched after I did. I watched it after you did. Yeah, that's the first. That's because the set came and I was like, well, I've never seen J- Jason Goes to Hell. That's the only Jason film I haven't seen, so I'm just gonna watch that now. Yeah. I, I saw that so, at the young, young age. I said, fuck it, why not? And... But yeah, we're doing part two. I'm today. sorry. Part two is, would you say your second favorite? Yeah, it used to be my favorite. Um, watch, rewatching this, though, it reminded me why it used to be my second favorite. Why it used to be my favorite is not my second favorite. Part two is great. I mean, I have a, a tough time picking favorites with this franchise because I like two, four, six, and seven so much. Like, they're all very close to the top. And it'll rotate, like, in, like, a year, like, probably saying, I like this one more now, but I've always loved 2. I always thought 2 was the reason that people really like Friday. I always look at 2 as why I hate the bullshit misconceptions that the camp counselors are bad or they're just not good characters. Yeah. Because in this, like, every single character is likable. I like them all, really, honestly. Yeah, I I think all of the characters you get to know in this are really likable. Yeah, all of them. I also, this movie is so good for the fact that the fir- people that did the first one shit on this movie a lot, and it fucking pisses me off. Like, they're like, oh, I hate the fact Jason is alive, and like, you know, kind of ruins the whole first movie. Like, hey, dude, get this. First one, fucking worse than this movie. I don't care if it ruins the first one, because the first one's not that great. It's like, yeah. oh, well, fucking doesn't make sense. Hey, dude, stop thinking too hard about it. If you want to make it make sense, just say as soon as Pamela dies, he gets reborn as a fucking demon. Who cares? I I don't fucking care. Like, it doesn't need to make total sense. Like, with the way this series evolves to be so fucking radically different, who really fucking cares? It's a good time. That's all it is. This is this is yeah. a, a just a fun, entertaining slasher movie. Well, I don't understand why they're so dead set. I'm like, well, this kind of ruins it. Like, your fucking first movie isn't as probably because they're probably because they're most of them are only in one of them. Yeah, it's just like they probably got no I residuals out of it. You you're ruining the sanctity of Friday. It's like what fucking sanctity? You guys didn't do let's, shit. Like, let's call a spade a spade. That first movie isn't very good. No, it's so, not. There's the, no sanctity to ruin. The camera work, the character work, the editing, the everything besides maybe the makeup effects are just genuinely better in this film than the first one. Yes. Everything. More, everything better. is more everything is more refined. When I was watching the movie, there's a scene where Ginny runs away 
and the camera follows her and she slams the door and I'm like that is and it cuts right back around to the yeah, door that is inside. awesome that one shot is way more effective than anything in the first movie yes I agree it's, it's well, way more maybe except for the end shot in the first movie the very end shot the Jason. the bubbles oh oh the, the, the surprise end. the surprise uh, the shocker yeah yeah it's pretty cool I mean, like, like, unbiasedly, that ending is ridiculous for when it came out. So, I, I guess yes. you could say that's and they kind of they kind of repeat it here. Yeah, it's yeah. worse here. Oh, yeah, hillbilly Jason. Um, so it's kind of funny. I always talk about how much I like Sackhead Jason. I still do. Don't get me wrong. But man, did the hillbilly part just really rub me the wrong way this time. That's one of my it. least favorite parts. He looks stupid with the overalls and all that stuff. But I, I don't know, sometimes it looks really cool. Because, like, when he's in the bed and sits up, that shit's scary, dude. That's also, that's really looks like he has a pillow, you know, on his head. Yeah, he's going to fuck you up, too. Like, he looks like he's about to rip you apart. And she, he sadly does kill that nice girl. Um, we'll get to that, though. So the basic idea of this movie is that Jason is coming back to take revenge for the death of his mother at the end of the first movie. You know, starting with Alice. And, hey, you guys are on my lake. Fuck you. You're dead. Uh, this is essentially the idea. So it's it's it is it definitely does follow a similar template to the first movie. I would even argue because like they they don't come out and, and say and show you on screen this is Jason Voorhees. We know it is because who the fuck else would it be? Uh, but they don't even come out and say that. It doesn't tell three where you're just like at the beginning you're like this is Jason for three four six seven eight and on because five not. Um, but it is kind of wild to watch this afterwards because it does really follow a lot of what the first movie does, but just does it better. You know, we we start with more likable characters, with more, you know, um, discernible history with each other and with better interactions with each other. You know, they're not all super-duper well-fleshed-out people, but there's enough going on between them so you can connect with them at least, and their performances are stronger. So when they're in peril, as they will be, it does become more distressing and the tension is much higher. Um, one of the scenes in particular that really got me was, um, is it Mark in yeah. the uh, wheelchair? Mark. When he's sitting out on the deck uh, looking for, oh man, why am I forgetting her name? Because I love her. Vicky. Vicky. Um, when he's sitting out there and it's just like, it's just holding the camera on his, his, um, his back it really is that's actually a really good sequence because it's actually playing with your expectations of where Jason's gonna come out and they really get you um, also one of the meanest kills in the entire franchise absolutely stone cold mean <laughs> um, yeah he's a bastard in this movie in general yeah like, he, he kills people me. that they probably wouldn't do in later films they didn't deserve it at all that, that's the thing though that's what makes it so much better though it's like these people don't deserve any of this no none of them arguably the only people who maybe deserve it are the two couples in the bed because they went to Camp Crystal Lake to the actual yeah blood. but like but like they're still not being like I'm not saying that they're stupid I'm just saying like they, they did something that could potentially irritate Jason yeah the rest of them are just there man like they're not doing anything crazy they're not you know engaging in terrible things like some of the some of the the, the characters from later films possibly could have um, it, it's really sad that they just die because they were just there I, I'd say it's fucked up. 
it, it's funny too because in this movie there's one outlier compared to every other Friday is that the comedic relief character does survive. Yes. Ted does And I actually die. really like this comedic character. Yeah, he's. I great. actually really like this comedic character. He's actually really funny. Yeah, he's also seems really he's, nice he, too. He seems like a nice. He's guy. not a shit. Yeah, he's not a shithead. Yeah. Like he, he's flirting with he, a bartender because he's drunk. Yeah. yeah, I think she. He makes. Yeah. He makes some terrible jokes, but they're endearing. Yeah. Um. You know, you know the the whole bear the bear shits in the woods kind of joke that was I found that kind of I, I chuckled at that. That's a yeah. stupid joke. It's really stupid, but I find it funny. He's his delivery is really good. Yeah, I I genuinely just find everything in this film to be just leagues better. The characters are just so 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 much more likable. When everybody dies, you 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 should feel bad. And I've always hated the argument like. You know, you have a bunch of stupid horny teenagers that go up and do drugs to have sex and just get up to a bunch of mischief, and they kind of deserve to die, and it's like, I've always heard that. Always for Friday. Yeah. First of all... Specifically Friday. This isn't fucking Christian school. You shouldn't just die for having sex and doing drugs. This is stupid. I hate that argument. Second of all, in this film, you aren't supposed to like Jason. You could argue later on in the series... Well, you kind of wanted to kill the people. He, he becomes a mascot. Yeah. Do you really? Do you really want him to kill everybody though? Like, you shouldn't want that to be the case. And in this yeah, like, film, you don't want anybody to die. See, for this movie, you can root at the same time because obviously we come to a slasher movie for kills. Yeah. We we want and, and other stuff, but we we would like to see. Yeah, we're here to see people die essentially. Um, so you you can root for that, while also being sad that the characters are dying. Oh, for sure. There's also they also put characters in there that die that you don't really care that much about, like yeah. the cop. Yeah, no, fucking, yeah. Um, but yeah, like they they put like little little teeny kills in there like that. But it still comes down to you still like the characters, and to me, it makes the kills better that you like the characters because it makes you more attached to it and maybe makes the kills more memorable than maybe they would have been. I think because like we both like Scott. Yeah. We both like character Scott. He's an asshole. Don't get me wrong. He's an asshole, but he sexually harasses um, a girl. Yes, they have their little their little thing going on between themselves where they are mean to each she other. She does seem more endeared uh, to it, though. She seems yes, more like she seems she seems interested in the guy and yeah. she's playing along with it, at least in this one. Um, but he his death is a pretty simple death. Like he just gets his throat slit. That's it. That's all it is. But it works because you like the character. Like the character is fun to watch. So like like yeah, he does that thing where he slingshots the girl's ass. That's not that's fucked up. But yeah, they at least show that she she, she turns back to the camera and smiles like she she likes it or something. She she's um, not as mad about it as if yes. like she could be. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it was something that was completely unfounded. Or yeah. something that she didn't. I don't, I don't want to say she wanted it because no, just she didn't mad. want it. But like, it's more on the lines where it's like she she's interested, in at guy. least somewhat interested in him. Versus like, I fucking hate this guy. He's really yeah. bothering me. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't know exactly how the context of that was supposed to be, but it at least seemed like there was yeah. a mutual attraction. And like when she takes her clothes when she's skinny dipping, and she chases after him, like when he he gets stuck, hung upside down. She could really be a fucking bitch about it and be like, you know, you're a fucking piece of shit. I really don't like you. And he'd be like, yeah, it's fair, man. He's but that's fucked up what he did. But she goes like, you know, I should let you hang, you pervert. But like, she says it kind of like sweetly, where it's like she knows she's messing with a playful him. Playful way. 
Yeah, and he knows it too. It's just like to them, yeah. it seems more like a game than it's like really not okay. That that's the yes, way I, I always interpret it. Um, you interpret it differently. With him, so when he dies, maybe you like it. it. I don't know. Yeah, it's also oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. But he, uh, the thing that really endeared me to him earlier on in the movie was um, when dancing? he's dancing with her dog. Yeah. <laughs> That was really funny. Yeah, I. It's like, I, like those kind of little interactions, though, like like him him dancing with a dog, or Mark and uh, Vicky, you know, uh, arm wrestling or playing hockey with each other. Mark is is easily Mark's, the most endearing character. I love Mark. I love the poor guy. It's a fucking minute conversation where she says to him, like Mark, like why are you in a wheelchair? And he goes, like a bike accident, you know, I was a motorcycle, motorcycle accident. accident. And he goes, you know, the doctors think it's permanent. I don't. Like, I don't intend to spend the rest of my life in this wheelchair. And it's like, you hear that and you're like, you know, fucking good for you, dude. Like, you're going to yeah. prove them wrong. It really Unfortunately, sucks. Jason yes. proves him wrong. I was going to say, it really sucks because it's like, I don't want to make a joke. It's not a joke, but it's like, I'm not going to spend my, the rest of my life in this wheelchair. He does. Yeah, he does. It sucks. Unfortunately. It really sucks for him. But you really like that character. Even like... There's the time when all the counselors are running away, or like they're they're jogging throughout the yeah. the camp, and Mark says like, "Oh come on, Jeff! All the women are are fucking getting past you." And Jeff slows down, turns around, and flips him off. Like, <laughs> I just love that shit. It's so fun. It, it's all endearing. It's all they feel like real people. Yeah, they feel like they're real teenagers who are just you know having a good time. It, it makes it makes it so much easier to watch, man. Because like in the first movie, like they're not they're not all terrible. Like I don't like Ned, I don't like um Ned. Yeah, Ned. Yeah. I don't I don't like Ned. So anytime he's on screen, I want to pretty much put my fist through my face. But um, when it comes to all these characters, like when they're all interacting, that's some of the best stuff in the movie. Even more so than some of the kills, because some of the kills, like I said, like they're not particularly wildly inventive, but the characters are fun to watch. This is the definition to me of like eighties fun horror movie like it's entertaining people die sure but it's there for pure entertainment value this is a popcorn movie and it's just entertaining as fuck yeah and um, Jenny we didn't even talk about Jenny Jenny's Jenny's an awesome final final girl girl. she's an awesome final girl and she's with the other camp counselor who's in charge Paul Paul Paul's a bit of a goof he's like he's the Fred yeah literally 100% yeah Literally blonde hair. He's likable too, though. Like oh, he's awesome, dude. I I, love, you could I hate Paul. Paul. Ginny fucks with him and like messes around with him all the time. But th- like that's the best part. Like because they have a relationship. Obviously they're together. Yeah. And their relationship, like it, she, their relationship doesn't make her weaker. No. I just whacked my mic. Cool. She makes him. But she seems smarter than him the entire film. Yeah, and even like he teases her about her whole child psychology. She te- he fuck oh, my Christ, my fucking Christ. <laughs> he teases her about her child psychology degree at the beginning of the movie which is really funny because that's the reason why she lives yeah um it's really funny like again like that's a set of a payoff thing that works really well something that did not happen in the first movie very much it's it's really like their relationship is really cool and it doesn't make her a weaker character which is what i really appreciate because a lot of the times in slasher movies You'll see slasher uh, final girls who are like, she can't have a man around her because the reason why she lives is because she's not focused on fucking or something like that. Like they can't be together. Like she can't have a boyfriend or something. Also, you like, see Jenny and Paul have sex in the movie. Yes, which breaks That's another the thing. whole status quo it, of sex that yeah. makes you die. 
it, it immediately because the first movie is like Alice can't fuck. Yeah, at least not in the movie because who knows? Maybe maybe she did with Christy before, which is gross. But um, taking that out of the equation, uh, that movie sets up like the the normal Final Girl idea, the Laurie Strode idea, where it's like you're a woman who can't have sex because that's the reason why you're paying attention and are not dying. Whereas this one, first fucking night. (laughs) Also, it doesn't only take place over one day, like the first one. Like, the first one's super rushed through. It's like, hey, they show up, and then at night, they're dead. Whereas in this one, it's over a couple days. Yeah. Also, the five-year time jump. (laughs) It tends to actually work out well, too, because the next two films take place the next two days. Which is funny. Yeah. Which we'll get to that. There is a bit of a continuity error with that. It It is sort of. It's not technically an error. It just is like, really? That's pretty convenient, dude. Well, no, it's because I can't remember who who she who he says is his sister, but it was someone who would have died like Sandra. a little while ago. And he Sandra says, would have died I've been two hunting. days ago. And he says, yeah, I've been on the hunt for her. But he, he, he says, I've been hunting Jason Voorhees for years. He doesn't say years. He says, I've been hunting Jason. He doesn't he give a time years. reference, like a time date is a thing. I thought he said, like, I've been hunting him for, for like, four years or something. It's like, you could be. Your sister's been alive. Yeah. (laughs) That's what... I I swear I thought that that's what he said. Yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. It's very convenient he got the news so fast. Yeah, quite fast. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, this takes place over several days, so, like, you get more time with these characters. It doesn't feel like you're rushing through to the kills. So, speaking of the kills, I watched the deleted scenes yesterday. And I, I have quite some things to talk about because most of the deleted scenes are just extended kills. And most of them don't need to be there. Like, they're cut, and I think reasonably so because they just elongate and they drag too long. There's one that I wish was in there because it makes it better. There's another that I think is decently good and I think could have been used, but the rest are just elongated. You mentioned how Scott gets his throat slit, and it, it's enough. In the original take of that, he fucking is... Blood is pouring down, and it it covers his face in red. It's really good, and I wish that was in the cut. It looks... I mean, they only have it on VHS. They can't do it anymore. There's no audio, but holy fuck, did it look good. Yeah, that that sounds pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie. All the other ones are just, like, elongated death scenes where people just kind of go, oh, and they fall... Like, the fucking cop falls down more and... That's it. Oh. Nothing to it. There's one where Vicky, when she gets stabbed, it holds longer with her falling. And the only thing I like about it is that it pans over to Jeff, who's, like, fucking hung up because he was murdered. And the actor looks so fucking dead. He does a great job selling that. So I like that, but it doesn't need to be in the movie, really. See, that was the, actually, speaking of Jeff, the one that I was really curious about is because specifically Peter Bracky referenced how they cut that one out because that one was specifically disturbing. And I yeah. haven't seen the, the deleted scene, so what was more for that one? Like, what did they cut out of that? He's just, like, he's hanging because they show him when you see him, he's just hanging by, like, the fucking bed sheet. No, but for the, for the bed, for the death on the bed. So... You mentioned before how, like, oh, yeah, like, that's supposed to be a longer scene. The reason most of it is cut is because it's nudity of the girl. Yep. But she lied about her age. She was 16 when she filmed it. Oh. So that's the only extended scene that they don't put in the deleted scenes because they don't want to put child pornography on it. Yeah, that makes sense. I had no idea. That's wild. But they do have an elongated scene of when they get stabbed through the bed. I'm glad it's not in the movie. It looks bad. Okay, cool. 
the, the, the back looks fake. It looks really not that good. Okay. So, it's actually a good thing they didn't do it. It it, it looks fake on the VHS, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure if it looks fake on the VHS, how bad it'll look now? Yeah, that's wild. I had no idea about any of that. That's fucking crazy. I looked it up and I was like, oh shit, that uh, makes a lot of sense. Wow. Also, where I looked up, do you know the date of this uh, Friday the 13th in the movie? This takes no. place in 1984, because the first one takes place in 79. Mm-hmm. This is Friday the 13th, July 13th of 1984. <laughs> I thought I saw that. It's like, your that's birthday. Pretty, that's pretty fucking cool. That's, yeah, that's my birthday. It's July 13th. It's pretty sick. So I, I saw that. I was like, it makes this movie a little bit more special in my heart. Oh, man, we're a month late. <laughs> so who is your favorite character in the movie? Mark. I, I mean, it probably have to be Mark. I really I, like I think Paul. Mark's the best character. I like Amy Steele. I like uh, I like Jenny a lot. But I feel like it's kind of hard not to pick Mark. Just my because f- he's so endearing. My favorite is Jeff. I like Jeff, too. Jeff is the most charismatic. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't want to go to Camp Crystal Lake. He knows it's a bad idea, but his he girlfriend goes his girlfriend her. wants to go. Yeah. You know, he's the one you follow at the beginning of the film. He seems like he uh, he likes to have fun. Him and him and um, what's his name? The, the fucking uh, comedic relief character. He has, he has, yeah, he has a car toad. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, when he's arm wrestling Mark, he's about to lose, so he takes his other arm and fucking cheats. It reminds me of something that happened in real life at a party that we both went to. Yeah, that shit was funny. Yes, but so I, I just funny. find Jeffy such a fun. And, they, and then he says best two out of three. Yeah, and you see like Mark's like okay, it's like yeah, you just see Mark being like oh fuck you man, you cheated two <laughs> yeah. out of three. That's an automatic win for me. Fuck you. Yeah, I I just love that. I think Jeff's such a funny character. I, I like, yeah, I like him a lot in this movie. I like Jeff. I think the actress who plays his girlfriend, um, she speaks awfully fast to me. Yeah. Like, her responses seem awfully fast in a way that doesn't feel normal to me. I think she might be the worst performer in the movie. Just because, like, her, uh, she doesn't I feel like she cops has... pretty bad. Cops, not great. I, but I still, I still think that she, like, the way that her... Um, cadence? Her cadence is wrong. Like, everything about it just feels really not... Like, she feels like the least real person in the movie yeah, because I of agree. the way she talks. So. Unless, except when she's talking to Jeff sometimes, like when it's just them, I think it's the one in particular, good. like the, the second time that she asks him to go to Camp Crystal Lake, like on the beach, I think it's the worst. It is. I think it's the worst scene. It's her. really bad because um, she, she's just not like the way it just doesn't feel like she's waiting for a response. It feels like she's like reading her lines off the card and getting through the scene as fast as possible. Yeah. Maybe she had to go to school that day. But I, I yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I just think that. Jeff's my favorite. He has the most charisma. He's a lot of fun. The dynamics of all the other characters is pretty good. My least favorite characters... I don't know. I guess the fucking cop. I just don't like him. He's barely a character, though. Yeah, he's not, yeah, but I, I, don't, I, I don't dislike anybody. I wouldn't even anybody. think to pick him. But I love the scene where he's trying to, like, uh, I caught these fucking kids up at Camp Crystal Lake. And it's like, all right, Jeff, Sandra, you can go. And Jeff apologizes, like, hey, he told us not to do... It's not his... He's like, no, no, Jeff, I'll take care I'll of it. I'll deal with this. Love yeah. that. I love that so much. That's such good small character work. He tells him to Paul leave. Paul has such a cab energy in that scene. It's like, you're not even going to reprimand them. And he goes, tell Jeff and Sandra no seconds for dessert. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, I like Re- Paul a lot now, too. Paul has straight a cab energy in that. He's just fucking like, fuck the pole. He's coming straight from the underground. It's yeah, he's, so he's funny, like, nope, man. I'm done. That's, that is really funny. It's really funny. 
And then later on, they do actually get reprimanded. So Paul is actually a good boss. So they, they can't, the, they they can't go. Yeah, they would have lived. Even um, even the one thing I really like in it is well, I guess I guess, I guess Jeff wouldn't have got his fuck on if he didn't. True. Well, he would have. I mean, he still probably got his fuck on the next day when he's not dead. It's true. I also like when Ginny comes back and they're all dead. She's like, they wouldn't do this. Like, it's just all the small character work in this film makes everything work so well. There's a, there's a lot of respect between yeah. everybody. They're not all just a bunch of dumb kids. No. Who who just like have no respect for Paul or something like? Yeah. They yeah. Say they went he's to like, they went he's to like camp. wound up, but they still respect him. Yeah, they went to they went to to Camp Crystal Crystal Lake that one time. That's the only time they've ever defied him. Yeah. You know, it's not like they they routinely. It's not like there's a character in the movie who's an asshole who just routinely disrespects the boss. No. Like they they are trying to be just kids having a good time, but they're still supposed to be good kids. So it's it, it's much more easy to watch them, and you know you can't hate anybody because of that. No, I I have a hard time dis- disliking even Paul, these characters. Paul Paul's character is an easy one to make a prick. I like I think he might be my least bad. favorite as far as the fleshed out characters, but I still really like him. I love watching Paul. Like I, I just like him, and especially with him and Ginny, I like them a lot. But yeah. they don't. I, like my point is, is like the the leader of the camp counselors could easily be an asshole. The oh, character easily, like, easily, easily, just like an authoritative or, or oh, authoritative. Yeah, I, I fucking hate Christy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's easy to make that character the least interesting and least um, likable character. And even if he is the character, like it's not my favorite character, he's still very likable. Yeah, and especially because like, that's like saying what's your least favorite Lord of the Rings film. It's like I love yeah. them all, but it's like especially with the, the scene with the cop. Like it's just instant. Like if I didn't like him at that point, instant likability. Oh, it's just like I'm sure, protecting sure. my counselors. Fuck you for being a dick. Like I like that shit a lot. <laughs> you want to talk about Jason more in depth? Just like the way that they, the way he looks, the way he acts, and all that stuff. Because because there's two different actors who play Jason in this movie. There's really one though. <laughs> there's really one, but there's supposed Steve to be Dash two. Steve Dash plays Jason the entire fucking movie. And there's that one guy who's like, I am Jason, but he just he, he plays him unmasked once. Yes. The rest of the scenes is Steve Dash, and and everyone because he won't do his stunts. The the unmasked scene fucking isn't very good anyway. It's the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, like Steve Dash got his fucking finger nearly cut off entirely. Yeah. Because he was Jason. Like, that man is Jason. And he does a great job. He does do a great job. My favorite part is, like, this I, is the most... It is kind of slapsticky sometimes, which I love. Series, probably. For me, it's like, he... Because this is the most human I think Jason is in the entire series. Just because he does get afraid. Like, when he when she whips out the chainsaw... I love that He's scene. fucking backing up. He's like, no, 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 please stop. And it hits yeah. his hand and stuff. Like, he's actually afraid. And he also falls down a lot, too. Yeah, I tripped. love... I love when he's gonna get Jenny and the, the fucking chair breaks. Like, God damn it! The fucking chair breaks. And fucking falls over. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's just like it. it he's, he feels a little a bit more human. This is before you know. He doesn't actually become inhuman until six, but in three, four, three and four, like he's more, you know, like the omnipresent, like I'm here and I'm gonna whoop your ass, guy. Whereas in two, he seems more like human. So I'm going to ask you this question. This is going to be for your head canon because there's no answer. They're never going to answer it. How do you see the events taking place from one to two and Jason being alive? What do you consider happens? I think he's been alive. Like he's just been alive. Like he didn't drown or like he came back he, after he drowned? Yeah, because like think about it. He drowned in the 50s. By the 80s, he'd be an adult. Yeah. I just think he never died. Okay. That's I the way you look at it? Yeah, I think Pam's just not just crazy. Um, 
I think he's been alive the whole time. But he's been out in the woods and he, he's, you know, he's mentally, he's, he's a slow person. He's special. He needs help, but he doesn't get it because he's out in the middle of the woods. You think Pam would never find him after all those years, though? I think, I think she didn't. That's one way to look at it. I look at it with more of like, it's not real. I look at it like, when she dies, like, he became like a spirit that came back from the dead. And like, when he comes out of the lake, like, that's his body that was there. And like, he'd be a fucking skeleton, right? He would have decomposed fully. Yes. So, I like to think like, his body was building back around that skeleton. As soon as she dies, he's starting to like, become more human again. He's like a fucking yeah. entity of death or whatever. Yeah. So after that, he's like, I tipped her over. Oh, fuck cops. And he fucking scurries out. <laughs> yeah. If I see, I would say if he came back as the Jason that he feels like he is in three or four, I would say, yeah, because he seems more like a force of nature in three and four. Whereas in two, he feels like a human being. But this is why For I me. say this. He comes back as just like a fucking entity to to kill people that are in his way this is his location no kids should come back he came back and it's been about four years he still has the brain of a child he doesn't his brain isn't more developed and this is why he is still afraid of the chainsaw the only thing is like when his body came back it's now adjusting to be the size it should have been if he was an adult at this time yeah so that's why he's a fucking full grown hillbilly or whatever I don't care fuck that shit but that's why he's that he still has a child's brain and that's why he acts like this and as the ones go on later and later every time he fucking gets more fucking beat up or gets his ass kicked he just slowly devolves more and more and becomes more less of a person and more like a fucking force of nature yeah see I think that the the whole conversation that Jenny has about him watching his mother be beheaded and all that stuff. I think that there's more truth to that. As I like think a, that's what a the human wants being. it to be. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think. It I, does and I think too. I think that as he kills people, he becomes less human. I, I just like the way I think about it because it makes things fall in line easiest in the timeline and makes things work the best. Yeah, I still think like like between. I mean, like they don't specify ages or anything, but if you think about between. 58 or whenever he died and 80 or 79 he is going to be pretty much an adult i don't know he'll be an adult especially by the time especially by the time we get to two especially by the time we get to two because it's five more years after that it is kind of cool to think about him as a more of a of a a non-corporeal person or more of a uh a, a not human killer but i just i think that the logic the movie sets up works really well, um, and I think that make, it makes more sense because it's like he's he's a human being. That's why he's afraid of the the uh, the chainsaw. I mean, like if the person whipped out a knife, that's not nearly as fucking scary as someone coming at you with a no. chainsaw. So, yeah, like I, I mean, I'd be fucking scared of a goddamn chainsaw too. Yeah. Like it's like comparing him to like to, to Michael Myers. Like Michael Myers, in my mind, isn't human. So like if you whipped out a chainsaw at Michael Myers, he probably wouldn't even care. Um, whereas I think Jason, I, I like the I like the fact that this movie plays him a bit more human. I think it makes things it evens out the playing field and makes it feel like the the humans have more of a chance. 
I can understand that. I like the fact that he is human. I just like to think of the fact that, like, after she dies, it is, like, a, a revenge thing. It's almost like he's, like, the crow. Yeah, I, I definitely, it's obvious, there's obviously a, re, a revenge aspect to, the, to it, no matter what way we look at it. But um, I do like the concept of him being a spirit because it makes it more spooky. But I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that, although I can see why you would. I, I think you're right with the film wants you to believe the way that Ginny tells the story. Why else would she say that story in context of the movie? It's yeah, although just, I feel like doesn't... as the films go on, that tends to seem less and less valid. Although it seems like to her, like when she's discussing it, she's saying like in 1979 or 80 or whatever, he's a child watching this. I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm sure what she means by is he has, she, he has the mental faculties of a child, but it's just like, he's like, yeah, it's a child watching your parent die. It's like, I don't think he aged 25 years in five years. Yeah. So he's definitely watching it as an, as an adult, but yeah, I like all that. Um, actually, one of the things I totally forgot about while we were talking about Jason is um, the inspirations for this movie that um, are very clear to me, at least. Yeah. Because um, looking at Jason in this movie with the sack head, it reminds me a lot of the town that dreaded sundown. It's exactly from that. Yeah. The costume so, designer designed it based on that. Yeah, the only thing is, I don't think, if I remember correctly, the town of dreaded sundown, he doesn't, he doesn't have like the overalls and stuff, but the mask. Also, he has on. two eyes for the yeah um and i love the town of dread sundown it's a great fucking movie um but that's definitely a very clear inspiration for the look of jason the other one that i always think about is the um the bed kill with the spear is ripped right out of bay of blood um so that's another another really clear inspiration in the movie so clearly obviously these people like the genre yeah, and they're 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 well read on their stuff. Steve Miner knows what he's doing for horror, hundred yeah. percent. I think he's a great. He's great. I he didn't get his fucking due when it came to directing these films. The I only, think three is not nearly as good, but three was always meant to be a gimmick film in the first place. Yeah, they wanted it to be like he didn't have a like he wasn't making a film. He was making a product. Yeah, hundred percent. At that point, he was making like this is gonna like they they're all products, but. Like, uh, he was making a movie that was specifically designed around a gimmick that was having a resurgence. He wasn't creating a movie from scratch. It was like, Frank Mancuso Jr., everyone's saying, like, hey, 3D is pretty cool right now. Let's do a 3D movie. Yeah. And it's like, now you have to design an entire movie around 3D effects that they already know they want to do. And he tries um, his best to make characters with everybody in the, the cast he gets. Even it's still in entertaining. Three. Like it's even so in three, if you don't like some of the characters, he still tries his best with some of them. Yeah, like what's his face? I really don't like Shelly. Shelly, I don't like Shelly, but yeah, we'll get, he tries we'll to make him a character. You know, he tries his best. Yeah, he has he has his he has his development, and you understand where he comes from. But it, it, he's it, he is annoying. But we'll get to him in the next episode. But um, yeah, I I think that he does a really good job. Yeah, I think he really knows how to direct well. Much better than than Cunningham. Oh um, yeah. It, this movie looks better. It flows much better. Um, the sequences of like the, the the kill sequences and the um, suspense sequences are much stronger. Um, I feel a lot more of a sense of tension. Even like yeah, like the, the the jump scare at the end is not as good as the one in the first one, but it still works. It, it got me to jump. I mean, I have a surround sound system that I had jacked up with a five point one, so it, it got me. But another. Um theoretical question do you think that 
jump scare at the end is real or a dream sequence? Um, so they actually filmed an answer to that, which they didn't release. The original filming for the end of, I mean, like, I'm sure you know this, but the, um, the head at the end is supposed to wink and smile. Now, what I didn't know when I heard that, because I heard, I, I, I'd known that for a long time. But apparently that wink and smile was supposed to signify that Paul's dead. So Paul doesn't live in that well, version. It's changed, though. There's, um, there's no... Well, or smile. She was supposed so. to open her eyes and smile. And yeah. he hated the effect. He's like, you look so fucking cheesy. Yeah, but apparently that was originally supposed to signify that all that happened and that um, Jason killed Paul yeah. in that scene. So... Um, it originally was supposed to have happened, but I would say now it's a dream sequence. Do you think, because it's, you think it's a dream sequence? When you when you cut that that you know knowing that that basically tells you what happens. So, I would say it's now a dream sequence. I believe it was originally not supposed to be. So, this is the way Steve Miner describes it. He says it's not a dream sequence, even though Muffin's fucking alive for some reason. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem, is that they show Muffin's corpse in the movie. Yes, and then she comes back and she runs up. Okay, well, if it's if she's alive, she has it has to be a dream sequence. Steve Miner considers it canon. He says, oh, it's it's it really happened. It's not a dream sequence. So maybe there's just two fucking shit scenes that look like that. But like, but, but like how? No. You'd have to assume that he killed how some other random dog. Real. Also, Paul does yeah, live. Yeah, but you have to explain that though. Like, Paul lives because they give the body count in the third movie, and they say eight people died. And if it was Paul, yeah, that's what nine. that's. That's what I mean by it has to be a dream sequence at that point. Because that when they say he died, he died during that dream sequence. They didn't say Paul dies in that, though. No, no. I'm saying that the people on the on the in special feature were saying that that results in his death. Yeah. So they're saying he would have died in that. If the body count shows he didn't die, then it's a dream sequence. Automatically. I consider it a dream sequence because then it makes things less convoluted and Jason doesn't look like some hillbilly inbred fuck. Yeah, I agree. I just don't. I mean, I don't he already is wearing the, the hillbilly outfit, but he's already wearing the hillbilly outfit. But as long as the mask doesn't come out, you don't have to see what he looks like in the fit underneath. Yeah, but I just I also like it better. He stole that clothes off of some face. random fucking dude, like. Yeah, I'm sure. I just think I just think it's it's better that we don't see his face in reality, because later on when we actually see his face, it's way better. Oh yeah, in so. both three and four, his face looks way better. Yes. I, I I really fucking love this movie. I have a blast with it every time I watch it. I this, this is probably the Friday time. I think this is the, the Friday movie I've seen the most. So I remember when I used to be writing for that for a, a, a website. I used to uh, I was I started a Friday Thirteenth marathon to do that, and I kept on rewatching two because I would always start writing the review and then I would stop and I wanted to refresh myself. So I've watched it multiple times semi-recently including this time having a blast every time I've seen two a lot I've seen four a lot I've seen six and seven a lot those all those four films that we decided we're gonna do I've seen them all an equal amount of times I couldn't tell you which one I've seen the most but I've watched yeah. these I mean I don't I have, on rotation a lot or I'd always seen the first one and two on Netflix and three um it wasn't until you you had me over and we had like a sleepover and you threw on four, five, six, four, five, and six for me, back to back to back. 
that I actually saw more of them. And I didn't see seven until semi recently. Yeah. And then eight also last year, and then nine. And then now I have seen them all. I saw Jason X on TNT as a child. So I've seen it a long time ago. But um, yeah, this is. I, I've definitely seen two the most, but um, it's not my favorite. There's not a lot it's to not complain about, though. When you look at it from like the like from the the context of the genre, there's not really a lot to complain about in this movie, honestly. No, I guess it, you could complain. A lot of people could complain. Oh, I wish the, the kills were a bit more graphic. You could see more going on and all that stuff. But that's about it. I can part. only complain that um, the biggest problem that this film has is that it has to mimic the first film sometimes. Yeah, the dream sequence ending I don't like. I think it's stupid. Sometimes I I don't I don't hate it, but like I just feel like it's more convoluted and it's so much more tacked on than the first one. I can't remember. Does three have one? I thought three did. I don't know why I thought three did. I thought the first three had had dream dream sequences and then four. There's dream sequences in the movie, but I don't think there's a dream sequence ending. Okay. Uh, I hate the slow motion final chop that they did in the first one. They do it again with Jenny in this one. Yep. A lot of the techniques they do are very much similar the to effect, the first one. The, the effect looks a lot better, though, because it's through his shoulder. Yeah, it does look a lot better. I, I just it. don't like the fact that... The biggest problem is that this is a sequel in, its, in itself. It's it's still stuck in the ways of the first movie because they assumed, well, there's a reason why the first one made so much money. Yes. So we should do that again. And then with three, despite the fact... Hey, you know, I, I can complain about some of the stuff in three... But they did something a little bit different. Even if it was the fact that they had to force a gimmick in it, it felt like a different film. Yeah. And four is when they finally decided to start kind of doing their own thing. Which, ironically, it was called the final chapter. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, literally, it's very ironic that it does yeah. that. So, yeah, I love this goddamn movie. As a fan of this subgenre, and I love slashers, man. They're, they're the ultimate guilty, not guilty, but the ultimate comfort food kind of horror film for me. Just like you could throw a 90-minute slasher on, have a blast. Two is one of the the best ones for that. Yeah, uh, our score is going to differ actually. Yes, yeah. I think I'm going to have it higher than you are. Oh really? Yeah, because I just the Friday films are more personal to me, and I love yeah. them in a, a very special way. I, when I think about Halloween, these are the ones I would think about immediately. I've rewatched these four movies super frequently. Like, yeah, it's, see, it's the way, like the once way you a year, walk. once every two years, and like I've seen at least six fucking ten times. You know, the way the way that you are with these is the way I am with the Halloween movies. Yeah, like so. I, I only feel like that towards Halloween one, four. That's it. Like, but for Friday, I've watched all of them so much, even the ones that I fucking don't like. Like I've seen them all so much. Yeah. Like if you said, I'll tell you, Nightmare on Elm Street's better. But I like Friday Part Two more than the first Nightmare. Tell me, yeah, Halloween's never... better. It, I, yeah. I'm not dumb. It is better. I will still probably play Friday Part Two over Halloween. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's the difference between you know objectivity and what's bias. what's better and what's what's favorite. Yeah, it's two different things. I, I wish people would understand that you you can love something so much and realize it's not a better thing. Like yeah, craftsmanship, love. Although I'll always effort. listen to argu- I'll always listen to arguments over why you think yeah. something's better. So yeah, it can I, always I be like argued. The film reflects so well on its craftsmanship and its technique and 
the the ideas put into it. It's like I'd have a tough time telling you two is a better movie than Halloween. I'd have a yeah. real tough time. Hey, I mean, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite horror movie ever made, and I would have a hard time saying that that's better than than Halloween. Yeah. Or saying it's better than like Psycho or something like. Yeah. Even though I think they're, I think it's a masterpiece. Like. Yeah, I I think that there's a ton of horror films. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is not in the top 100 best horror films ever made. No. Definitely in my top horror films ever made, though. Top favorite, yes, for sure. I don't I don't think it's in my top ten, though. I don't think it's. No, it's not my top ten. But I, it's still one of my favorites. I don't even know if the final chapter is in my top ten. Or top favorites. I couldn't tell you what my top ten favorite horror oh. movies are because I have a tough time separating them from the, the decades. Actually, I can guarantee you it's not because I know what my top ten are. <laughs> couldn't tell you. I have a really tough time it's mixing not. classic no. 30s horror with like 80s and per- like picking which one I like better because they're so drastically different. So like this week I could be like, no. all the 30s horror just hits different. And then next week I'll be like, yeah, but this shit's way more fun. It, it, it's too much of a top club. The 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I gave this four stars on Letterboxd, so that's an eight. Um, I, I could go up, honestly, though. It could be eight, 8.5. Um, because I can't give it four and a half, because that's almost nine. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you couldn't, but I could, because I'm giving it four yeah. and a half. Yeah, so... I don't know if I can give it a four and a half. I could, who knows? I could sit with it for longer and be like, yeah, you know, because I haven't seen this in a bit. Like, yeah, semi recently, I've watched it several times, but you know, I still like, you know, this is still massively entertaining. Like throwing this on, it is an easy movie to watch, man. It's yeah. so easy to watch. The characters are so much fun. It looks a lot better than the first one. Well, you, also, you said it best when you you texted me like last night or like in the middle of the day, saying this film just feels easier to watch it's yeah, only one... eight minutes shorter and it feels like by the time i'm like how long is this oh it's ending right now it's already done yeah. it's like if it, it should feel more rushed but yeah. it doesn't because they use their time a lot smarter perfectly paced it feels like they actually had a script to justify its runtime whereas it seems like they kind of wrote like a page or two for friday the 13th part one and it's just like got to figure out somehow to get this to 90 minutes so we're gonna do some random shit paced. you did a great yeah, job very well paced movie um yeah no I, I fucking love this movie yeah again yeah i might i might have to raise my score to 4.5 honestly because it's just like the more we talk about it the more I'm like yeah this is a dope this is just dope as far as slasher movies are concerned this is just excellent yeah i think i don't know how long it's been but it feels like we haven't talked about it that much it feels like this would be like a relatively short episode yeah but it's, just, it's like, just like i i have nothing else i can say besides saying like this is a genuinely fun time these characters are really endearing they have a lot of good back and forth between each other you can sit down be like you know what i really like that guy and then when he dies you're like that fucking sucks you watch yeah. the final chase with jason and jenny and it's really fucking good everything going on is so linked together and it's tight so even if it is just another fucking sequel to a slasher franchise just trying to make some fucking money there's definitely heart put into this one and it's definitely a good easy flowing time to get through yeah also kind of a fun fun fact to talk about that this is um this is actually filmed in our home state yeah um i don't know what the whole thing is but i know that uh the actual 
camp. Camp isn't Ken. It's in Kent. It's in Kent. Kent. And actually, Alice's house is in Waterbury. Alice's? Yes. Yeah. It's in Waterbury. Uh, I don't know if all the actors are, but Paul was actually. Was it, no, not not Paul. Um, the guy who plays Ted is from Hartford. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's from Connecticut. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to see stuff filmed in Connecticut. I didn't know until semi recently that actually it's cost affected the film in Connecticut. Yeah. I didn't know that like currently like I, I guess we have like tax breaks or something for people. I had no idea at all. I actually honestly assumed it would be the opposite at this point. So that's pretty cool. A lot of the people that worked on Friday films are Connecticut locals too. Like um, Sean Steve Cunningham Minor still lives in Connecticut, as far as I know. Yeah, Cunningham Cunningham is from and lives in Connecticut still. Yeah, I, remember, I can't remember where in Connecticut, but he he lives here. His uh, like Cunningham Studios or whatever his his ranch is here. So pretty cool. It's cool. It's always cool to see, you know, our home state. It makes it feel so much more personable. Like yeah. I, that's why I love the franchise so much. Like my my uncle told me that he actually went and visited the site of the camp and the restaurant that they film at the the bar, which is burnt down now. I yeah, think. it's burnt down. Uh, the camp, so. mo- like the big like Packenac, is burned down as well. Yes, and the the cabins themselves are um, a lot more torn down. Um, some were sold. Yeah, but there are still some cabins that still exist there. So. I have a buddy of mine that went there and put up like the invisible fencing. That's pretty cool. And he he mentioned that it's like yeah I did this whenever it's fucking freezing in the lake. <laughs> I bet. Like oh at least you went, dude. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, that, that's something I'll never get to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna break in. No, I got. <laughs> I, I mean that like I'll never be able to go actually go to pack and act like. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. Can't go to it. Private property now. The people just own it, and they're not using it for anything. That's fucked up. It would be cool if they recreated it or something, but... It would be cool to make it like a tourist place. It would be. I think I know, you could I know make there, some money off of it. A, 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 a nice chunk of horror fans would come to visit it. I don't think enough to offset the cost, though. I don't know. I, I would not, disagree not, not because rapidly. we're close enough... Kent specifically is close enough to New York to get a lot of New York locals to come visit. True. They could make money off of it. I just don't think they want to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. it. Sucks. But it's can't another really, piece of horror history for Connecticut, which makes me very endeared to the fact. I can't even go and visit the primary place for uh, part four, really, because it's a house. Yeah, it's just a regular house. It's someone's house. I can't just go walk over there. Hey, oh, my God, look, it's from uh, Friday Part 4. I really like this place. Be like, hey, this is my house. I'm trying to eat my breakfast. <laughs> it's like, hey, can I take a photo? <laughs> I've already called the police. <laughs> Essentially. So I wonder if we could go visit the like the barn and stuff for Part 3, though. Um, uh, Some of that was set, they built. Oh. But I don't know if the bar- I don't, the, I don't think the barn was. I remember but I the barn, the... I think, burnt down. Oh, fuck. God damn it. What is it with these places in fire? They you must don't be understand arsonists, man. They'll do they, anything. They just must be cursed, bro. Like, I don't know if it's true himself. or not, if that's 100% fact, but I believe the barn burnt down. Yeah, I, re- I remember them talking about it on the, the Camp Crystal Lake Memories yeah. documentary. Which, by the way, if you guys like Friday the 13th and haven't re- seen that documentary, it is amazing. It is exhaustive. I would love to go on a location tour for like the East Coast for horror. 
I think it's not too much to ask there's, for, too. There's a there's a decent chunk of stuff horror related for New England. Yeah, you can go visit. You can go visit the real dairy and all that stuff. For yeah. it and. Um, well, if you want to go to Maine, they have a whole like tour listing where you could like go on the Stephen, Stephen King. King tour and everything. In order to go to the the um what was used for The Shining, you have to go to like Colorado or something. Yeah, I'm not going to Colorado. Yeah, I would love to go and see the Overlook Hotel, but I'm not. I'm not taking that hike. Sorry. But yeah, in Connecticut, there's a bunch of them. Hey, like I was talking about, I think I talked about it with you, but uh, the the old like the independent movie, um, House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. They filmed part of that, like a like one of the scenes, uh, the pizza scene is in Winstead. Yeah. Winstead, uh, ABC Pizza in Winstead, I believe. And one of the scenes, the one that has D. Wallace in it, as a real is in Torrington, Connecticut. I think that shit's so um, funny. I've eaten so many times at that fucking ABC Pizza when I was in college. Yeah. Just like, had no idea they filmed the movie here. And like, uh, even like uh, the same director, the innkeepers in Torrington. It's the Inky Peddler Inn in Torrington. Yeah. So like, I think that place is shut down right now. Probably. But it, it, it's, it's amazing. It shuts down all the time. Yeah, it does. But uh, it's amazing how many places I've been to that have been the, the source of horror movies that I didn't know were sources of horror movies. There's it's a super cool. famous one where people talk about now for everyone kind of kid about uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's right. Because the, the truck fucking... says Torrington, Connecticut on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of amazing. It's it's neat. I mean, we're, we're, we're also like the oldest part of the country as far oh, as yeah. the actual country. Yeah. So, 100%. like, of course, there's gonna be a lot of creepy shit that's happened here. You know, like, Amityville Horror. Well, I mean, you and I, well, not even recently, and I'm going to recently, but I go to Salem all the time. You know. Yeah. Salem is not the actual area where the witch trials was. It's a new Salem location. Like where Salem, the witch trials was, was actually in Danvers. Yeah. But you know, God, like there's spooky shit I, I everywhere. Used, I used to go to Salem for Halloween with uh, my girlfriend we go visit at the same time we'd also go to like Sleepy Hollow I- I've been there a few times on the Sleepy Hollow trail that's Never been cool. to Sleepy that, Hollow that's so disappointing though because they took down the bridge oh so, and yeah. like, I would have loved to have been on that bridge there's one um in Connecticut uh, it's not like it's not like they did, like a horror movie or something here but it's a source of um spooky shit is Dudley Town the fuck that place um, you can't go to Dudley Town. Can't go there. It's uh, off limits. The cops will pick you up. People do it every year, though. There's a lot of horror history in Connecticut, which is pretty cool. A lot of horror history in New England, obviously. I'd, I'd love to go try to put down all the locations down and go visit them the best I could. I think I'm going to yeah, especially that now, out. especially now that like COVID's winding down and all that stuff. Connecticut's well, it's like fucking existent. For now, um, yeah. But as it seems that like now that things are opening back up again, it feels like you could go tour places a lot more efficiently yeah. now too. So it would be nice to go do something like that sometime, yeah. especially like in October or something. But regardless of Connecticut horror and all that, it's I just love the fact that Friday the Part Friday Thirteenth uh, Part Two is linked to it. Yeah, we can say that we have a horror, uh, like a high-profile horror film filmed in Connecticut, because like the two I listed are yeah. independent movies. And I, I just love the just... fact that it's a, it's a, it's my favorite franchise too. So yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Really happy. Uh, I really have got nothing else I can say about this movie besides it's fucking good and check it out. <laughs> yeah, this movie rocks. I love it so much. So I'm excited. I'm excited that we're doing this. 
because I am too. It's, it's going to be nice. About this. It'll be good to see how this works out too, and we'll hopefully jump into other series. We've been talking about doing this for months, so yeah. this was been... planned nearly as soon as we planned the podcast. Yeah, we wanted to do this very quickly, so but I'm excited yeah. to do the rest of these. I hope you guys are excited too. That covers Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, both of one of our favorites. Hopefully, you watch it, you like it, check it out, have a good time. So. For the next video we're going to do, we're going to do a small shorter video for part three, and then a full-length video for part four. Check My both fit. those out, and we'll see you then. Catch you later. Bye-bye.